This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. King Divock riding to the rescue as the Reds take the points from Molyneux, but where does it leave his Liverpool career? Welcome to the Agenda, Guy Clark and Matt Addison here to delve into Divock's latest signature showing. Matt, we've not done a pub together for a little while, but Divock Origi, discuss. Yeah, discuss indeed. I'm sure it'll be something that we talk about for a little while. It does kind of feel a bit like the, the Aston Villa game from a couple of seasons ago where it was the last gasp goal. It was one that you know, we, we looked back and we didn't know it at the time, but obviously at the end of, of that season, it was a, a really pivotal moment in the season. And obviously, you know, Liverpool are, are right up there. They're right in the title race, but you know, Divock Origi has, has popped up with, I think, a, a really, really important goal. I think there's still question marks about him. I think there's there's still things that you can, can question in terms of his overall game and, and what he brings to the table quite often for Liverpool. But it wasn't just his goal, actually, um, obviously, in this game. That's the thing that will get talked about. But he did actually make a, a bit of an impact in terms of, of linking the play. He looked a lot sharper. Obviously, he scored a, a couple of Premier League goals. He looked good against Milan in the Champions League. The there has been a few signs this season that you know it could really be clicking into gear for him again, and you know it's uh, it's been a while since one of those last gasp winners, but yeah, thoroughly deserved for Liverpool. I think we've got to say that, but yeah, a, a really important moment for the team and for him potentially as well. Yeah, we often sit on the other side of the fence to one another regarding Divock Origi, don't we? I'm, I'm very much in the, the Divock Origi sympathiser camp, and for me, he, he's one of those players who the louder the shouts and screams of hate get towards him the bigger the moment it is when he decides to contribute. Now, I understand the kind of issue that there isn't that consistency. And, hey, coming up, there is going to be a time where Liverpool are going to rely on him when the African Cup of Nations happens, when both Mane and Salah go away. But as you've already alluded to, this season looks as though, I don't know, we spoke so much about Sadio Mane, didn't we, last season, said actually, wait till the fans get back and see, it will have an impact on him. Origi didn't have a great campaign last year, but maybe he's one of those guys, likewise, who is thriving now that that buzz around the match day is back. Yeah, possibly. I think that's that's a fair argument to put forward. I think, obviously, the whole team suffered last season for, for obvious reasons, and it would be unfair to, to say that Origi wasn't a part of, of that as well and, and wouldn't have been affected by that. I think, obviously, the fans, the injuries, all the rest of it did make it a difficult campaign, but... I think the, the the most frustrating thing with me, and obviously you mentioned there that we sometimes have different opinions on Divock Origi. I think we both agree that there's a really good player in there. The big frustration for me is that we just don't see it often enough. Obviously, there's been lots of, of these moments where he's popped up with big goals. There's so many examples of, of them, even ones that, that haven't been winners. You think of, of the Champions League final, not many players, you know, far, far better players than Divock Origi will, will never score in a Champions League final. So there's there's lots of, of bits that you can look at and, and think that he's got a lot of quality. He's a really good finisher. I think it was, was him in the summer, wasn't it, that I think it was Pep Linders possibly or possibly Jurgen Klopp described as a world-class finisher. You know, th- there is a, a lot of, of quality within him. It's just a case of, of can he do that consistently and and is this a one-off? I mean, I've written in, in one of my post-match pieces after this weekend's game that you either get that from Divock Origi or you get absolutely nothing. And it, it's basically a coin toss of 
does he come up with a winning goal? Obviously, Jurgen Klopp in, in this case was was desperate. Liverpool needed one. He'd already gone, you know, four two three one. He'd taken off Diogo Jota. He'd taken off his captain. He, he needed a kind of wild card option, and, and that's what that's what Divock Origi brings. You either think, well, he'll do nothing or he'll score, and it's uh, it's a gamble worth taking, and it's a gamble that has, has paid off this time. I think. There are bigger questions in terms of, of January, like you mentioned, in terms of, of AFCON and, and what happens there. But look, if, if Divock Origi can come up with two or three of, of these last-minute winners this season, that could ultimately you know, be the, the difference. We know how tight it's going to be at the top. We know, obviously, that the other teams in the title race have a lot more quality and, and strength in depth. But ultimately, if he does come up with a couple of winning goals, that could be, you know, the two different, uh, the, the two point difference that, that sort of clinches it for Liverpool at the end. So, you know, we'll assess it at the end of the season and see how big it is. But it certainly feels like a big one right now. He's, I mean, I, I, I'm struggling to think of another player that Liverpool have had who has this kind of quality and effect of, I suppose, uh, I don't know, one o'clock on, on Saturday afternoon, if we were chatting and said, in, in, in January, if a thirty million pound bid came in for Divock Origi, you'd snap someone's hand off for it. Yet now he's come up with that contribution. We talk about Afcon, we talk about the other players going away, and the fact he knows the system, he knows what Jurgen Klopp wants from him. Maybe that would still be a very, very tempting offer, but equally, it feels off the back of a moment, and he is a moments player. That actually now you can't consider him moving. I mean, Jurgen Klopp even said in his, his post-match press conference, he alluded to it. He said, Divock Origi is the kind of guy who we know we can throw in from the cold. So do Liverpool even need to get him up to real speed before the likes of Salah and Mane go away or just throw him in from the cold? And equally, he said, if I was at another club, I, I would consider bringing him in. I mean, it, it's madness. I can't think, as I say, of another player who fits that kind of description, who one minute it's off, oh, push out the door for whatever fee, the next it's, no, we need him, he's a big part of the squad. Yeah, I think Klopp said something similar a couple of weeks ago in terms of, you know, if if he was a manager of a, a team lower down the league, he, he couldn't believe that nobody had, had come in for, for Divock Origi because there are these moments of quality. And I do think if you put him in the team for an entire season, I do think, you know, for a Southampton or a Brighton, for example, obviously we know that the chances yeah. that they create if you put him in one of those teams, I think there's a 15-goal uh, striker in there in the Premier League. It's it's just a case of, obviously, at Liverpool, he's never going to get that consistent run of games, except possibly in January. So that is the thing that, that does sort of fill you with a little bit of confidence. Obviously, he's not the same level uh, as Salah and, and Mane, and they will be a huge miss. But there is a player in there that does sort of come in, in spurts. Liverpool are going to have to be a little bit lucky in that a good patch for him will have to come at the right time. But, you know, if he can get another couple of goals between now and, and, and January, I think that'll put him in a good place. He'll be confident. It'll, it'll also change the kind of narrative around him as well. I know there's obviously a lot of doom and gloom at times. There's a lot of groans within Anfield if he's coming on and Liverpool need a goal because, as I say, it is a little bit hit and miss and, and you can't really argue with that over the last couple of seasons. It, it's either, it's all or nothing almost with him. But, I do think if if you give him a consistent run of games that there is something in there, it's just a case of, you know, will he be able to pull it out of the bag at, at the right time? Will it be one that Liverpool could have a, a safer bet? I mean, you, you mentioned the, the possibility of someone coming in for him in January. There's no way that Liverpool can afford to let him go because bringing somebody in would be very, very difficult. But, 
yeah, it's it's one of those, isn't it? He's he's just such a, a strange player. He, he's one that we know has got the ability. He's got you know, even when you think back to the the, the start of Jurgen Klopp's tenure at, at Liverpool, he yeah. was playing him as a number nine. He was playing at a four two three one well, with a really. Was- Away at Borussia Dortmund in the Europa League, he started when Liverpool needed to to come and, and score yep. a goal. So there is a player in there that you can get something out of. It's it's just a case of will it come at the right time, and it's a it's a bit of a gamble to rely on that happening because, as I say, it's it, it does come a little bit down to chance. But they could just get away with it. He could come in and, and score a couple of goals, and Liverpool might be all right. The agenda on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, no, thinking of it, I mean, there's obviously what Gomez, Henderson, Milner, Firmino, Origi, one of a handful of players who have lasted throughout the whole of Jurgen Klopp's tenure so far. And you're not a bad player if you're sticking around at Liverpool. It's certainly not not even just under Jurgen Klopp and what he's built, but the level from which Liverpool were at to where they've gone to. Albeit, as you say, yeah, early days, he, he was a starter and now he's very much a backup guy coming off the bench when Liverpool do need him for moments. But... Equally, I suppose, and, and this this moves the question further on and talks about kind of the forward line and how it may well get reshaped, whether it obviously be during AFCON, as we, we said, that he's going to be important. But during the course of the summer, there were there were cries maybe in small areas of get a number nine in or get this Jota-like player into the squad. But it shows when you've got a player like Divock Origi, the elite level of which a player who were going to come in, especially if it were going to be an out-and-out number nine, would have to be. Because as you say, if you put him into a Premier League side lower down the table, you would back him. Much like when Danny Ings obviously went and did what he did at Southampton, got his move to Aston Villa, that there is a really talented player in there. It's just how and when Liverpool have to utilise and use him. But it will be very interesting, I think, to see if he is given a run of games, actually how much he can deliver. Because so far this season, when we have seen him, you mentioned the Milan game in the Champions League. And the fact that this is obviously, of course, his first Premier League goal this season, that Liverpool's forwards this year have been on fire. Might be another one just there, ready to be thrown into the mix. Yeah, well, you look at his, his sort of goals per game ratio is is very good. I mean, obviously, there's some EFL Cup games in there. There's there's not necessarily the sort of standard of, of teams that Liverpool will play. It, it's not, for example, a, a potential semi-final like they might have in, in the Carabao Cup for obviously two games in, in January. We don't know who they're going to get yet in, in the FA Cup draw. I think that's coming up at some point next week. So I think it's, it's one of those where against lesser opposition, you wouldn't be massively concerned about it because he has proven this season, like you say, that he can score goals. Obviously, that there's goals in, in bigger games as well. I think it's it's something like 0.7 goals per game, I think, if you, if you look at it per 90 minutes, which, as I say, the, the standard of, of opponent has varied a little bit in that period. But generally speaking, you know, he's he has delivered when he's been on the pitch. There's been a couple of, of really nice finishes as well. The, the last round of the Carabao Cup, he, that strange sort of acrobatic finish. He, he's got that kind of thing in him, hasn't he? So he does just have to be in the right place at the right time. And, you know, it, it can't be a coincidence that he is so often in there. So, look, Liverpool won't want it in January every single week to come down to the 93rd minute. Can Origi get something for them? They'll want it to be done and dusted by then. But I do think it's a big opportunity. I think, that, yeah, we, we've said it so many times that there is a real real player in there. I think 
Uh, Wolves, weirdly, was a team that came in for him in the past and Liverpool chose to, to keep hold of him. Not sure whether they had a, a bid turned down or, or not, but there was certainly reports of it being sort of 22 million or, or so. Liverpool wanted potentially closer to, to 30 million, which at the time I think was was a reasonable thing to, to ask. I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens in January. I don't expect that Liverpool will buy anybody else. I know there's been links with so many players. I think if it was up to me, someone like Jonathan David would come in and, and just sort of be more of a, a guarantee and less of a gamble. But, you know, as much as, as Origi is a less surefire thing than, than possibly someone coming in, I think... No, there's there's no reason necessarily to be panicking um, considering the games that Liverpool have got there. Obviously, Crystal Palace, I think uh, Brentford is, is the other one that he'll miss uh, or that Salah and Mane will, will miss that Divock Origi will be there for in January in the Premier League. I mean, you know, you wouldn't necessarily say that they're harder games than, than Wolves. There's been other games that he scored in this season. There is a player there and, and there is something to work with. And of course, it's not like the EFL Cup where it's, you know, Minamino and a few kids around him. It will be still Diogo Jota and, and Roberto Firmino. Hopefully, will be back from from injury by then. It's not, you know, the worst thing in the world. I still think Liverpool should have got one more in the summer, made it more of a, a guarantee uh, of goals and, and better depth. But he's not the worst player in the world, and maybe the uh, the squad depth is slightly exaggerated compared to some of the title rivals. Yeah, definitely. And, and there's just a charm, isn't there, with Divock Origi, that it, within this team of superstars who seem almost, I suppose, machine-like in just how they grind out these wins, and, and this season put goals on teams, that you've got this cult hero status-like figure still within there who has these ups and these downs and this kind of career trajectory that you, you see today or t- tonight when the, the, the goal goes in, just kind of the reaction online from Liverpool fans to the fact that it is Divock Origi, the man who has got the goal for Liverpool. And I, I suppose just kind of wrapping things up and, and rounding it off as well shows the importance of Liverpool having a genuine plan B option that they can bring into the mix to throw into games, whether that's been starting like against Milan in the Champions League. And I'm sure he'll he'll probably start in the San Siro against them as well. The fact that they've got this player who can change the style and can obviously deliver when when needed, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it's a mentality thing as much as anything else. I think if you're an opposition player, if you're a Wolves player on the pitch at Molyneux on Saturday, I think, you know, they would have been looking at it and thinking, well, he's done this 10 or 12 times before, come off the bench and, and got something mad. I mean, imagine if, you know, in the, the Merseyside derby, for example, Everton looking to the sidelines, they will will have in the back of, of their minds what he's done previously. I think even things like that can can play into it. Obviously, if it's a home game and, and Anfield sees him coming on now, maybe there'll be a, a bit more of a, a positive reaction than possibly there has been in the past. So it, it does sort of change the perception, change the mentality. And if he can sort of continue this habit of, of being able to, to get the odd goal here and there, it, it can only be a good thing. And I think for, for him as well, I mean, there's there's been question marks in the past of should he have pushed harder to leave Liverpool and go and, and be a regular player somewhere else, like we said, so some teams, Southampton, Brighton, Crystal Palace, I think have been linked with him in the past. Wolves, we mentioned in terms of, of the bid. I mean, he could go there and, and be a regular player, but I think, you know, I think fair play to him for, for sticking with it, to be honest, because, you know, he, he scored in Champions League finals. He scored in big games. He's not necessarily, well, he, 
he's definitely not the first name on the Liverpool team sheet at, at this stage. And, and hopefully that isn't the case in the future because it would take a, a lot of injuries for that to be the case. But I think, you know, to, to be a cult hero, to have that status among Liverpool fans, I think he he obviously values that. He loves being in the city. I love the fact that he had the, the scholarship with the University of Liverpool in the summer. He, he brought that out. I mean, he's obviously having a great time. And you know what? Fair play to him. So, yeah, I'm sure Divock Origi will have a, a big role to play this season. If Liverpool are to win something, it will in part be down to him, not just for, for tonight, but potentially in uh, in January as well. So, yeah, big things still to come from Divock Origi and possibly a, a few people may be slightly surprised by that. Yeah, King Divock doing his thing at Molyneux for Liverpool. Well, that's it from us here on this edition of The Agenda. Make sure you check in on Monday's Blood Red podcast. There will be plenty of delirious Divock chat in there, I am for sure. But for myself, Guy Clark and Matt Addison, thanks for your time and your company. You've been listening to The Agenda podcast on the Blood Red channel.